0: steam machine podcast my name is dalton and joining me as always is my good buddy
1: this is ryan
0: and this week we are covering part two of ease seven part we two. we wrapped up the second half of the game over this week but before we get to that we put out there on facebook that we wanted some questions from the listeners to kind of start developing that bond between them
1: yeah, I don't think I don't think I got any questions directed towards me personally on Facebook, but I know you got a lot from what you've been telling me.
0: Yeah, I, I got a bunch of them, man, and I put them aside. There's a lot of them that are for both of us. Um, I will say I know some of them. It'll probably be easier for me to answer than you. Yeah, because you you are the casual of the two of us. Yeah. But let's uh, let's go ahead and start it off with a question from Tyler Holland, who is Tyler from Tyler and Dave Play Old Games. Which is is a great show. Um, Celebrity,
1: huh?
0: Yeah. (laughs) An internet celebrity has joined the midst of the listeners. Favorite fighting game franchise and why? And this will lead us to another question that I have, but we'll go for this one first.
1: Favorite fighting game franchise. See, that's a tough one because being the casual gamer, I've played most of them. But I've never been, like, a dedicated player on, like, any specific series. I do enjoy Mortal Kombat. I do enjoy some aspects of Street Fighter, Virtual Fighter, Tekken, stuff like that. But if I had to pick just based on my preferences for, say, like, pop culture and what kind of game that I would be really interested in playing, I'm going to go ahead and say Injustice. And that's because you get to beat the shit out of everyone like each other as D C superheroes that everyone knows. Like
0: Yeah, yeah. I uh Injustice is a great game, man. And um, I haven't played the second one, but I believe the first one's on our list.
1: Yeah. We have we yeah. have the first one.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic. Um if I had to choose a fighting franchise, God it's so hard. The first fighting game I ever really got into was on Playstation One. It was toe ball number one. And that game was fantastic. And then I got Tekken 2 and became a Tekken player for a long time. Um, Yeah. I always really liked Mortal Kombat Trilogy, but I didn't really get into Mortal Kombat hardcore until I think Armageddon came out. And since then, I've been a Mortal Kombat player. But...
1: See, like, I'm the reverse. I stopped playing at, like, Mortal Kombat 3. Like, I played 1, 2, and 3, but didn't really pick up any of the older titles. Or, like, newer titles, I mean. Like, I
0: guess. Well, we have 1, 2, and 3, and some of the newer titles on our list, so you're going to have to play them eventually.
1: Man, that's cool. But that's cool.
0: my heart lies with Soul Calibur.
1: Soul Calibur. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good series, too. I
0: love Soul Calibur. I, yeah. You know, I'm one of the few people in the world I could give a fuck about Street Fighter.
1: Yeah. But I... I enjoy, like, the storyline aspect of Street Fighter, how it has, like, a, a manga and animes to go along with it. Like, I know they've done some stuff with, like, Mortal Kombat, but Street Fighter has been, like, an entire universe built around, like, the video game. Like, there, I guess there's some canonical storyline to it that isn't played out in the game, but goes along with, like, some mangas or comics. Like, yeah. Yeah, totally. I can get
0: behind that. I think uh, there's a few different games um, that I like that are fighting games that are tied in with animes. Uh, The Naruto fighting games are fantastic. Yeah. Um, And then the the DBZ games are hit and miss, but a lot of them are pretty good.
1: Yeah. I think another fighting franchise that I can really get down with is uh, Super Smash Brothers, Having all the, the Nintendo...
0: Yeah, but I don't
1: know if I would consider that
0: a fighting game. Like, it's that's more like of a, a party brawl. I don't know how to describe it, but I don't, I don't know if I would consider that a true fighting game. That could yeah. be a question for our listeners.
1: Yeah, fair enough.
0: Do you think Smash Bros. is an actual fighting game? But this leads to another question that we got asked yeah. by, by Mr. John Nitty, who I'm pretty sure is a competitive fighting game player. Ooh. And he says, do you guys play fighting games at a higher level And if not, I have a question that would apply to you because I've been wanting to know this for a very long time. What do you guys want in a fighting game as non-competitive players? More modes, tutorials, costume costume editors? What does a good fighting game look like to you? He's always been curious as to what the perfect fighting game to both competitive and non-competitive audiences would look like.
1: The super casual gamer, I'm a button masher. So, like, long, intricate combos, not my thing. Like, if you don't have to make like a full on game, just like super easy combos, but games that do get like high level competitions going and shit like that give us casual gamers like the option to turn on like a one button combo feature (laughs) like
0: um sort of like the the newer mortal Kombat's have a thing and i think you have to pay money to unlock it which is kind of shitty but there's one button fatalities yeah instead of having to do the whole combo for it you just stand where you need to stand and hit a button and it does yeah
1: but I, I am a professional button masher. I'm, like, casual competitive. I will get angry at the TV screen if I lose, or, like... <laughs>
0: One of the reasons I gravitate towards Soul Calibur is because I'm able to create my own character.
1: Yeah, that's understandable. I love,
0: you know, I love the characters in the game already, and I main as, I think, Raphael is his name. It's the guy with the uh, rapier. God, I couldn't think of that for a second. Yeah. Um, But I just have this thing i guess it's from my love of rpg games of being able to create your character in most western rpgs that mm. i just developed a love for that so being able to go into a fighting game and kind of have a personal touch as to who you were fighting as instead of choosing a character that you like but you don't have a connection with you didn't make that
1: yeah if that's that makes fair. any sense
0: um as far as modes going back to toe Ball number one on playstation they had a i think it was called quest mode where you would roam these hallways and do different little things, but what you would get to encounters and have to do a fight and it would go to like normal. And then you would battle and then you'd go back to roaming the hallways and get the bosses and things like that. Okay. And since then, uh, soul Calibur has done similar things. Like I know in soul Calibur five or six or whatever it is that I have, I think it's six. Um, there's like a quest mode where you go around this big map, and you get into fights in different points, and there's story arcs. And, you know, that kind of stuff is cool with me. Just give it a little story. I want a fighting game with story. Yeah. Not just drop me in, here's some characters, learn how to get good, beat up your friends.
1: Yeah, I see that.
0: Because I play them a lot alone, you know? Yeah, <laughs> like, same. so I need, like, I need something to really hook me. And difficulty is not always what hooks me. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm absolutely like you that if I get super frustrated, then I'm just going to quit. I promise the listeners there will be at least one game on this list where one of us rage quits and refuses to finish that
1: motherfucker. Yeah, that that was almost <laughs> me. That was almost me with the ending of the the gamer E seven. Like, yeah, that that was very close to being me. Like,
0: I almost did it on Corpse Party. Yeah, I didn't even you know we didn't beat it, so it was just like yeah this, ugh. game was terrible. Anyway, E seven not terrible. Just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Okay. So let me take that question. I hope we answered it enough for you, John. I just, you know, customization, good story, uh, fluid fighting. I don't want it to be like super stiff or janky. I kind of like being able to flow almost like how how the boxing games like flow really well. Although I know that's a completely different style. Soul Calibur flows really well. Tekken flows really well. Um, there, there are a couple of fighting games that are kind of more obscure that we have in our list that I've loaded up and played that uh, are a little janky, but <laughs> it'll it'll be interesting when we get to them. All right, so up next, let's do another one from Tyler. What is the worst PC port of a game from a console, and why? See,
1: yeah, I can't I can't answer this question. If we're going just based off my experience, it's gonna be Corpse Party because that game was just awful. Like, <laughs> hey, that then, counts though. Why did that, you port this game? Because this game was just garbage.
0: I mean, that counts. You know, I mean that that, that is a port. Yeah. I would say from... I had to do some reading, because I've played a few of them, but from what I read, Arkham Knight is terrible on PC.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and I think they've patched it a little bit to make it work better, but when it first released, apparently, like, even on high-end systems, it would just lag.
1: No, I was having crazy. some issues with that on my end with E7, like just yeah. crazy. Like the frame rates would just drop and it was a lag, sometimes like random freezing. Like, and again,
0: E7 was a port, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's these, these games that are not made with PC in mind that didn't have to be optimized for PC doesn't always go well. Um, the, the one from my experience that I have marked down that's in our list and, uh, I'm not looking forward to it. Is Enslaved Odyssey to the West, and the reason I say that is because the frame rate is forced. I think it's forced thirty frame per second or forced sixty frames per second. If it's forced thirty, that's not great at all. If it's forced sixty, that's not bad. I I don't mind sixty frames per second. That's pretty much yeah. Normal. But the issue with Enslaved is that it uses an absurd amount of motion blur and it will make you fucking sick. Okay. And it's terrible. (laughs) It's fucking terrible. Um, The game itself is great but just the visuals really lack so much that it ruins it pretty much ruins the game. Yeah. It's sad. Um, And then he went on to say um, he wanted to know the best port and why which I know I don't think you'll be able to answer at all. Because, yeah, because I don't think you've been wowed by a port that we've played yet. Um. So
1: Arkham Asylum I, played pretty well.
0: Arkham Asylum did play well. Mm-hmm. I, will, I don't know if that was... I don't remember if that was released for console and then PC, or if it released for PC at the same time, though. It's the only problem. Um, my personal experience is Kingdoms of Amalur, Reckoning. Mm-hmm. Fantastic port. Um, beautiful graphics, smooth gameplay, frame rate, perfect visual trade off. There is none. It's it looks fantastic. It runs yeah. smoothly. Um, and they're actually they're doing a remaster of that soon. Uh, Kingdoms vanilla re reckoning, which I am yeah. quite looking forward to. And an, another really good port that just came out persona Four golden oh, yeah, <clears throat> R- runs like a fucking charm.
1: Cool,
0: And looks beautiful. You know, up, it's upscaled um, from what it was on Vita. So, you know, obviously it's going to look a little better in the higher resolutions, but plays smooth. Really looking forward to uh, diving more into that eventually. All right. So Rome asked us, do you think Rockstar is becoming the next Bethesda? And I think what he means by that is how Rockstar is milking Grand Theft Auto 5 like Bethesda has been milking Skyrim for 10 fucking years. Uh,
1: Yes and no. They've been milking the shit out of it for sure. But maybe they are just using this time to actually put the effort into making the next installment that much better. Like instead of rushing games, say like sports titles like Madden or NHL, where they're out yearly, Uh, WWE, WWE. where they're out. Yeah. Yeah, where they're out yearly, and the product gets worse and worse every single release. They are actually putting the time and effort into making sure the game is phenomenal. Like, the graphics are right, there's no bugs, the play is smooth, that sort of stuff.
0: With the money that they have made from Grand Theft Auto Online and Red Dead Redemption 2 Online, they should be able to make some of the greatest games ever seen (laughs) because of all the money that they have. So this medieval game that they're supposedly working on should be fan fucking fantastic. Grand Theft Auto Six should be fan fucking fantastic. Yeah. Whatever they released it. Yeah. You know? The Rockstar doesn't fuck around and they don't release I don't remember the last time I played a Rockstar game that I was like, meh, it might have been LA Noir and that was years ago. Yeah. But Bethesda has been just I, I am like, what the fuck is going on with you guys? Like Fallout seventy six was fucking garbage. Like who releases an online game that's super janky but then it's like there's no NPCs so there's no quests. So you pretty much just roam around and yeah. it's not a it's not a survival game and it, it, it makes it hard for you to meet up and play with your friends, then what the fuck is the point? maybe it's,
1: maybe it's like their version of like no Man's Sky where everything that is supposed to be involved in the game hasn't actually been developed yet and they're just going to patch it in as well, yeah, they as they work on it. That's they've added, thing.
0: they've added NPCs and stuff since, but it's because yeah. there was a fucking huge uproar about people being bored.
1: Well, it was the same with No Man's Sky. It went from like 10 million downloads to one active player at one point. Like,
0: yeah. goddamn, No Man's Sky so good though. Yeah, I, I, I personally liked No Man's Sky from the day it came out. I was a little disappointed, but I didn't hate it.
1: You know, I, where I, yeah, no, like, I thought it was great. Like, I like, this is a very cool concept. Like, I had no problem with it. Yeah, all the features that were promised weren't there at first, but I was like, give it time. They'll probably add it in. They'll probably add it in. You're probably going to keep developing it. Like, every planet you land on now is like pretty much uninhabited. But what's to say a couple patches from now that you don't run across like complete cyborg, sentient robot planets and metropolis planets that are just like an entire city of humans or uh, alien alien species like there's
0: endless potential with no man's sky there really is and i just don't know if there's endless potential in fallout 76 that's all yeah because no man's sky is such a large scale compared to you know whatever the map size of fallout 76 and that's nothing against fallout 76 because that map is big for what it is you know I just, uh, I hope Bethesda comes out swinging with Starfield and uh, Elder Scrolls Six.
1: Yeah.
0: For sure. Let's do, a, let's do a couple more. And if we don't get to your question on this episode, we will get to it next episode, we promise. But I'm enjoying answering these, so we might go ahead and go through all of them. I haven't decided you know, yet. Yeah, Jay Jorgensen wants to know, what are some of the best PC, not ports, RPGs, and is Septeracor on that list? Now, I got this one. <laughs> um, Septaricore I want to say is on that list, but I've never played it. But it is on our list to play eventually. Okay. So I know that game was developed for PC. To I don't be even I don't like even know a, what it is. It's, it's supposed to be like a console RPG, but on a computer. Yeah. So I think it came out around the same time as, like, Final Fantasy VII, Star Ocean to, like, those types of games. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think we would, I would have to, you know, I'll do more research once we, that game comes up, but that has always
1: been one I wanted to play. The Sims? That's RPG, right? Um, I, think was,
0: you know, like I love The Sims. And that, I mean, and if, you, if you want to call The Sims an RPG, then yeah, I would count that one.
1: Yeah, uh, like, you create your character and everything, and then you Role play through life. I, I mean, it. I guess it's more like a simulator than an RPG. Yeah, but but it does have like milestones and games. quests and stuff. Yeah, I love it. And that's PC original. Right?
0: Um, I would say The Witcher, because that's not a port that was created for PC and yeah, consoles and everything. Yeah, at the, same
1: time. the Witcher. Witcher was good. The, those. I like the yeah, Witcher. That
0: series is fantastic. Um, The Elder Scrolls games. Uh, Daggerfall. Yeah. The the sheer scope of Daggerfall for the time that it came out. Is absolutely incredible. the The in-game map of Daggerfall is the actual size of Great Britain. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's fucking huge, and it came out in like ninety six or ninety seven or something like that. Yeah, that's that's
1: a decent size map for a
0: Marvel, a decent size map. It's the size I, great, of a great fucking country.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's I, it if you well. overlay Great Britain on some of the states, it's maybe like 5-6 states depending on what state you actually pick.
0: Like it's Oh, I I get that, but yeah. then take a, take a map of a video game and lay it on a country.
1: Yeah, well, if you did that with Hyrule in Breath of the Wild, Ooh. how big would that be? Like
0: I think that, what is that? Hyrule is like 9 9 square kilometers now. It was a lot. That that's it
1: huge. It's huge,
0: but I know that Daggerfall, instead of like you know for the time, it was a lot of procedurally generated woods and things. I ran through them; they would just come through. But like yeah. I said, marvel of its time, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Morrowind, I gotta throw Elder Scrolls Morrowind in there. Um, the Gothic series, even though like we had some issues getting that running today, the Gothic series is a legendary RPG. In my opinion, you know everything I've ever read about computer RPGs. People are like, you need to play Gothic.
1: Yeah, the
0: game does not hold your hand at all.
1: Yeah, Diablo was PC, right? Oh, fucking
0: Diablo! Thank you. Yes, yeah. God, they're so good.
1: Dude, That's a good the, one too.
0: Diablo two, especially. Um, Diablo three is pretty good. I am really excited for Diablo four.
1: I'm trying to remember yeah, some I of the older games fantastic. that I used to play. As like a child, like I used to play like Mech Warrior, and I think that was PC. And what else did I play on PC? Alien vs Predator, I think is one.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, that's a, I remember the Alien vs Predator game. God, that's forever ago.
1: Yeah, um, that's how old I am. Like
0: <laughs> Pillars of Eternity, those those series are cool. Um, they were actually crowdfunded because it was basically these people were like, hey, we're going to make a computer RPG that's old school style where you click to move and things like that, but we're going to do it based on D&D and some other stuff, and people crowdfunded the shit out of it, so they made it and uh, it was really good. So I'd probably go you know, those style of games. Any of those, Planescape Torment, it's on our list. Yeah. Apparently one of the greatest games ever made. Uh, I've never played it. I've, well, I shouldn't say that. I've played some of it. I've never beaten it. So, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we, yeah. There's There are so many RPGs on our list that... <clears throat> like I, believe, I think it's Wizardry 8 is like 89 hours. They're 90-something hours. Yeah. Something like that. It's insane. There's going to be know, some of these. I
1: know we got a, a lot of RPGs on our list because you're an RPG kind of guy.
0: But... I am, man. I'm all about the story. You know me. All right, Gabe Glider asks, are we playing Fantasy Star Online 2 or do you plan on playing it? And I told him I would answer this because I have it downloaded. I have it installed on my computer. But I have not dove into it yet because it is run through the Microsoft Store and it apparently is absolute trash. Not the game, the Microsoft Store. The game is perfectly fine, but because it runs through the Microsoft Store, it's having this thing where when people play the game and they do it for whatever. If you restart or turn your computer off and turn your computer back on, the game has deleted itself. You have to reinstall the whole 70 gigs or whatever again. Sure. And that could eat through my internet.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> so for sure.
0: I would rather wait until that gets fixed or until it gets released on Steam because fuck the Microsoft Store. It's terrible. Yeah. Like, I don't know why they haven't picked up Fucking Microsoft should know what they're doing. They should fix that shit.
1: They're more, f- more fo- focused on their console. Right.
0: But the answer you, gave, I absolutely want to play Fantasy Star Online 2. I am just waiting for it to kind of sort itself out or come to PS4, and that way I'll just play it on PS4. Yeah. Because I think right now it's just on Xbox and PC, so it might not ever come to PS4. I really don't know. All right. There's a question for me that I'm going to go ahead and get out of the way. Our buddy James Fisher from the JRPG Report asked me, "Dalton, do you still have a problem with finishing games?" And this is in reference to I was on his show, yes. and I told and I told him that I had an issue with finishing games, and I didn't really know how to put it into words. And it was it was like it, it was meant to be. I'm listening to an old factory sealed episode last night, and Eric starts talking about that he's one of the hosts of Factory Sealed that he had never beaten Dark Cloud 2 and it was because he felt like once he beat it he would never go back to it and he enjoyed playing it so much that he just never beat it that way he would always have a reason to be like you know I need to beat Dark Cloud but then he would go back and play it and decide not to beat it Yeah, for the same reason and I related to that so fucking hard because that's what I've always done with Final Fantasy 8 I always get to the last castle in Final Fantasy 8 and stop. and it's just I don't know why you know, and it's just because I guess yeah. I just I want to have a reason to be able to go back and play it again, without knowing the ending and all. Yeah. I, I don't know.
1: Outside of this podcast,
0: well, I was about to say I have
1: never finished ahead. like a hundred percent of the games I start. It's hard, man. I, I casual gamer. I get distracted. I have a one year old who craves attention like my yeah, my gaming time is very few and far between but since we started this podcast i've probably beat more games doing this show than i have since i was a kid
0: yeah before we uh, before we started this show like uh, when i was up visiting you i beat fairy fencer f advent dark force on my switch and then since then being back here i think i beat Hyperdimension neptunia rebirth one and that's it until we started the show and yeah. I've actually been like, all right, well, I need to finish these games so we can talk about them. Yeah. So this show is helping me cure myself of that, which I think is why James asked that question in the first
1: place. Yeah. The, I have a feeling the show is going to turn me more away from being a casual gamer into not like an avid gamer, but somebody who actually looks to complete the game before moving on to another one.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I wouldn't say that's a bad thing because now you're going to be able to uh, sit, sit down and get the whole the whole aspect of the game, and I, myself included, you know, instead of just snipping it off and being like, well, I'll finish it eventually. It's kind of like, yeah. well, you know, I might as well see this thing through to the end. Yeah. So James's other question is, do we think that next-gen console games will be $70? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. At, 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 a, at a minimum, and it, like, depends on, like... I, I would say they're going to cost more than $70, like, what they're doing with the Final Fantasy VII remake and releasing it in parts.
0: Yeah.
1: Because the the remake that came out now is only part one of, like, I think an, an estimated, like, six parts.
0: Yeah. And those are going to
1: run, like, $60, $70 apiece. So you're paying, like... Close to four hundred dollars for a complete game by the time it's all said and done. Like, yeah,
0: but they took Final Fantasy VII and really fleshed it out. They did. This part
1: one only plays what through disc one, and it's like fifty hours of gameplay. Like it's
0: not, it's not even the whole disc one. I don't think. I think it's just you play through Midgar. Yeah, and they fleshed out Midgar to be an entire fucking game, which is insane. And then like yeah. once you're when you're leaving Midgar, I think is the end of that. And they've changed some stuff. You know, I've heard some weird things about the. Re- Final yeah, seven I, I
1: have it on the PlayStation Four, and I probably have about 10, 12 hours into it, and I'm not even close to like even being done. Like, yeah. and I just, but I haven't, I haven't touched it. In for I haven't touched it since I like got it. Like,
0: I heard there's some story changes type things that people are a little iffy about. But the way I look at it, man, is Square Enix, I'll say nine times out of ten knows what they're doing. So um, yeah. Yeah, I'll give it, I'll give it to faith. But but,
1: but as if, far as, if they're if the console companies are worried about trying to keep the cost of the console down, they are definitely going to raise the price on the games themselves.
0: Oh yeah, that's exactly. uh I, forget yeah. the, I think it's the popcorn method. No, yeah. it's, the, it's it's the uh, it's the razor method, uh, The razor method, where Companies take a loss on selling you the actual razor, but they make their money on blades.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You know, so it's um, selling
0: your console at a loss, but making your money back on games. Now, do you remember back? Like I think it was Super Nintendo days. Like some games would be fifty bucks, some games would be ninety bucks, some games would be a hundred and ten dollars. It was. It depended on the game. It, and how it
1: depended. It yeah, that. it depended on the game. It depended on the publisher. That sort of thing. And like. I, I feel like major titles were always more expensive than, say, like an indie game. Like, yeah,
0: I mean um, that's the same today, except now pricing has been pretty much yeah stagnated at fifty nine ninety nine. But I, one, I totally see it going up to sixty nine ninety nine. Yeah
1: one one thing I can see them doing is doing like sixty nine ninety nine for hard copies and doing like fifty nine ninety nine for digital download only.
0: And see, that's the way I always thought. I think it's always should have been because yeah, they games should be cheaper because you're not having to put out the physical media. You're just paying. For I think
1: this will be the last generation of consoles to actually have like physical copies of things because it saves them so much money just doing direct digital download than yeah. manufacturing the the hard copies of the games along with the, the printing the books and the artwork and the cover art and paying for the the cases like not
0: not to mention that you know all these indie companies and stuff don't have the money to do that but yeah, they, they have the money to distribute their game on Steam yeah or and then or with yeah.
1: With the PlayStation Five and the newest Xbox console offering digital only versions of the console with no, no game slot, like this is just the start of it. Eventually, we're going to see no hard copies of games.
0: Yeah, and I mean, PC's been doing that forever.
1: Yeah, you know, I'm okay I with that. I'm okay I don't with that. The a lot last of time
0: I bought a game for PC in a fucking yeah. box. It was probably flat out back there. Yeah. Or, or Counter Strike, you know what I mean?
1: It's yeah, fuck it forever. It's like I, I'm 100 percent okay with that. Like a lot of video games. Like I'm a collector. I collect a lot of shit. Like, but video games very rarely hold any value. You have to have like a specific title that is in like high demand, and know that a lot of them weren't printed or like manufactured when it was released.
0: But yeah, I hope we I uh, hope we covered your question, James. And if we didn't, you can take it up with me. (laughs) Alright, up next. Santos Lopez. What are some games that you would love to see remastered? Let's go three apiece, if you got three.
1: Oh, remastered games. You go first. I'm going to have to think about this.
0: Me? Alright. I would like to see a remaster of Persona 2. Now, Persona 2 is broken up into two parts. Innocent Sin, Eternal Punishment. Eternal Punishment came out for PlayStation 1 In America, which is weird. We got part two first back then, so then they did re-releases or remasters for PSP, and they released Innocent Sin over here, but they didn't release Eternal Punishment. So it's like, Mm -hmm. you have to play part one on PSP and then go and play part two on PS1. I would like to see them combine those and just release it as a new game for like PS4, PS5, whatever, Switch, you know, whatever. I would love to see Jack and Daxter get the treatment that Crash Bandicoot and ratchet and clank and spyro got jack and dexter is phenomenal yeah and i don't think that game the series gets enough love especially the first game dude i would love to play a remaster of that dude just take all my money naughty dog to just make that yeah i think i think it was naughty dog for me, jack and dexter i could be wrong star ocean the second story
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think that deserves a remake um in, you, you could even do it in the vein that they remade the first game and released it on Switch. You know, just tidy it up. Make it pretty. Yeah. Keep Get the same graphics. You know, you don't have to do the Troll Trials of Mana where you remake the entire game. Like, a re- yeah. If you're just talking remasters, yeah, man, remaster Star Ocean 2 so I can play that shit. You know, it's got a, over 100 different endings.
1: Yeah. So, it would be cool. Like... I don't even know what games like. I'm probably gonna have to delve deep into my childhood to like think of games that I used to play a lot of that I would like to see. Like Duke Nukem for the '64 is probably one I would like to see because oh, the sweet. last the last Duke Nukem title they released wasn't that great, and yeah. the '64 <laughs> one was great. Let's let's see something like that. Um, that Parak Dinosaur Hunter.
0: Now there. There was a remake or a remaster type thing on Xbox with Turok, but yeah. I would like to see them do it again nowadays yeah. and really bring it up to scale. I think that could be sweet.
1: Yeah. And then the 64 was my console of my childhood. That's what I played a lot. So like pretty much every game I'm going to touch is probably from that console.
0: Like Nothing wrong with that.
1: Another one I'd probably like to see redone, remastered, is Perfect Dark.
0: Never played that. Always heard really good things about it never played it.
1: I like that one a lot. That one was that was a really good game. Nice.
0: Nice. Yeah. Alright. So Thomas E. Lee wants to know how how long in the forest did it take for you to devolve into cannibalism? So I just wanted to go ahead and throw out there. I'm not leaving you out, but we haven't played that yet.
1: I haven't played that yet, but if it was realistic, probably five minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's like alright we're lost who the fuck are we eating first yeah it's
1: like Just that's di- it like which it. one of you is the least useful in a survival scenario which one of you is going to tie us down and pot- potentially ruin everything your food like it's already picked out like, be
0: like, look I'm a little blubbery I don't think you'd like that if you need fat for burning things I can't blame you guys but yeah, I don't know if I'd eat
1: good, good marbling on those steaks <laughs>
0: Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to cut down to get to them though. <laughs> so, Matt Gentile, what was our favorite system?
1: And Nintendo sixty
0: four. His are Super Nintendo and PS two. Yours is the Nintendo sixty four. Nintendo
1: sixty four, like it. It was great. I, I I played a lot of good games on the Sega Genesis. I played a lot of good games on the Super Nintendo. There's a lot of games that are super nostalgic to me from like the NES system, but. The Nintendo 64 was, like, game-changing with the the local 4 multiplayer option and some of the accessories they had on there, like the Rumble Pack and everything like that. It just fucking... That system... It still rules.
0: See, I was not a Nintendo kid growing up. I mean, I had, you know, Nintendo consoles. Yeah. But... I really got deep into video games with the Playstation One and Playstation Two. So those I, are all yeah, my favorites.
1: I played a lot on the PlayStation One, like and the Playstation Two I had for a while. Skipped three, have the four, have the Switch. I absolutely love the Switch as a console too. Like yeah, everything Switch about really the Switch is on. amazing. But again, like all of my childhood was pretty much spent on that Nintendo sixty four
0: and it and, and i feel like that's what everyone bases their favorite on it's like what did you play when you were a kid so obviously yeah. if that's what you had that's probably going to be your favorite a lot of people's yeah. answers are super nintendo yeah because the super nintendo has so many good games on it i just yeah. i didn't have a super nintendo until much later in life i yeah. i don't you know i don't even know if that one that i have behind me works i don't have the cords for it i've been looking for cords for super nintendos forever like you know thrift stores and stuff haven't found yeah any, but... all right um well, we only got a couple more here. Um, man, I hope I say your name right, brother. I hope I say your name right. Isiva Sanaru asked, what do you think is the best multiplayer horror games of 2019 and 2020?
1: See, I don't know. I can't answer that question.
0: I made a list of ones that I could think of.
1: Um, uh, if I'm going to go on mind. just games that I know that are multiplayer, like survival horror or horror style yeah. multiplayer games, <sighs> The only the only title that really comes to mind is Left or Dead. And I loved it. Like, I
0: have I have Left For Dead 1 and 2 on this list because they always count,
1: in my I, opinion. I, I loved Left For Dead 1. Like it, it was fantastic. Like it, it the first was... time I ever played it and first time I ran across that witch, like had to turn the lights <laughs> on. Like I was like, absolutely not. I my character is stopping right here and I'm going across the room to turn on the light because I am not about to have a jump scare. Like I don't do well with horror themed, anything horror movies trigger me. Sometimes Uh, some movies give me panic attacks. Like I'm not going to lie.
0: It it happens, man. It happens.
1: Recently bought resident evil seven biohazard started it up just to give it a playthrough. it. Like just a quick play to see how it is or whatever. I had to turn it off 30 minutes into it because my fucking anxiety spiked. Like (laughs) I didn't even encounter the first like enemy. Like just the element of how it is put together and how it plays was terrifying in in my from my point of view. Like I
0: Resident Evil knows what they're doing, those guys. Yeah. yeah,
1: Apparently. Like
0: Left for Dead was so good because it was made by Valve, in my opinion. And Valve, I feel like everything I've ever played by Valve is fantastic. Yeah. You know, you you got Portal. Portal by Valve. You know, um, you've got uh Counter Strike, I believe. Um Half-Life, you know, all all these series, Team Fortress, you know, basically what Steam started as was a fucking place to play Valve games.
1: (laughs) And, like, I guess it also, like, depends on your definition of horror, because you you bring up Portal. Portal, to me, is a terrifying fucking storyline. You, like, just wake up and you're being held by an AI system and have to try to find your way out. Like, no idea where you are, no idea, like, what the hell's going on. That's absolutely a terrifying scenario. Like, probably if that was is- me, I'd probably give up and just accept my fate. Like, nope, it's like I'm done. Like,
0: not only do you wake up in a room with a fucking sentient AI talking to you and everything, and it's trying to kill you the entire time, is yeah, it just gives you a multi-dimensional gun. And you're just like, oh, I didn't realize that these were a fucking
1: yeah. Game. This technology exists, and <laughs> this AI is sentient and trying to kill me. That's like one of my real t- like real life nightmare scenarios, like the rise of the machines, determined Skynet coming true. Like, yeah. absolutely, absolutely not. Like, and it's not I would. Which is yeah, for crazy. for me, Portal is a horror game as well. Like,
0: so the ones that I could think of from memory of just things that I've seen recently on Steam and videos that I've watched were, as of course, Left for Dead one and two, um, Dead by Daylight which is the running from the serial... One of you plays the serial killer. The other one plays yeah. the five people and you run away from... Them. Yeah. Um, the Forest, which is that game that Tom brought up. Yeah. Depth, which is a game where one of you plays as a shark and the other ones play as divers.
1: Oh, that sounds fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude. it's it, it looks pretty fucking intense. And those,
1: is it, it Kill Dawn, one of those... Horror games? So
0: Until Dawn is a horror game, but it's not a multiplayer horror game. Oh, okay. It's, okay. it's more of like a choose-your-decision movie type
1: yeah.
0: game. But the, with really Cor- good graphics.
1: Corinne had me buy that for her on the PlayStation. And she she picks it up every now and then, but I, di- I don't know what kind of game it is. And she, every time she goes to play it, she's like, this is a game that you probably won't want to sit down and watch me play.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably not, dude. There's some gruesome shit in that um okay we got three questions left so hans our friend hans asked us have we finally reached the end for loot boxes with laws spreading about them throughout the world and what will become the next predatory money scheme the AAA developers will come up with
1: they've already started it and it's releasing the titles in parts like the final fantasy 7 remake right
0: yeah i can say that or uh DLC day one DLC yeah and with like
1: loot boxes getting shut down in other parts of the America is so fucking capitalist like I don't think they will ever get banned here. It's just Uh another form of gambling. Like the these people literally get addicted to buying DLC for games, whether it's like console based or even mobile games. Like I work with somebody who has spent close to like fifteen thousand dollars on a fucking mobile game. Like Yeah, yeah, for real. Like I don't know how she even allowed it to get that high, but she did.
0: Well yeah, so I think basically what we're getting at is microtransactions are going to be the next loot box. And I mean, they're not going anywhere. There are games, there are some companies that refuse to put microtransactions in their games, but there are other companies who are absolutely all about microtransactions. And there are a couple uh, free-to-play MMOs that I put in our list just so we can talk about that when it comes to time, that like some of them are seriously microtransaction full. Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And like, say that stuff does get shut down over here in the States, like... the next version of that is going to be releasing the game in parts, like, for sure. Like, this is our title, and we want it to be so good, we're only going to release it, like, one piece at a time. And if you want to play the entire game to completion, you're going to have to spend $400, $500 on the whole game. There is some
0: of that now with games that release in chapters, but most of those games are like, you know... Chapter one will be five dollars. Chapter will yeah. be five dollars. Yeah, it equals up to being about forty bucks. You know, yeah, whatever. it's
1: it's like a lot of the Telltale games were released like that, yeah, and, and that, but that's their fun. price tag was lower. I think like the initial chapter one was like twenty dollars, and then if you signed up for like the season pass or whatever, each re- additional chapter release was like five bucks. Right,
0: yeah. Well, I think if you did season pass, you usually got it for free, yeah, because you were paying for it up front with like a little bit of a discount. But yeah, even even still, you know, it equals and it, you know, what, if you wait a little while after those games come out, you can get a collector's edition type thing that comes with all of them, you know? yeah. So it just depends on, I guess, how you how long you want to wait.
1: Yeah, but, but like Final Fantasy VII remake is definitely the start of the new way of milking money for a complete game.
0: So. One last question from Mr. Tyler Holland and then I'm saving another question for last because it will I think bring a good conversation. But this one, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this, but I want to try. Build a five person party from the Final Fantasy games.
1: Uh, Does it have to be like the protagonist that you play or can it just be anybody and like what is the party for? Well,
0: I would assume that the party is for if it's just like an, RP, an RPG type situation, um, and I don't, I don't know. Um, we'll say yes. It has to be party members that you have played as in Final Fantasy that you can combine to make the ultimate party.
1: I'm gonna go Squall, Sephiroth, Barrett, Vivi, and Tifa.
0: Solid, solid. I, I would go. Squall, Zell, Yuna, Vivi, and Cecil. I think it's that God, I think that's his name, Cecil. The Dragoon guy from four. I think that's it. But, you know, get some heavy hitters in there. You got Yuna who can heal and also summon. Vivi, fucking throwing spells. Yeah. You know, got Zell and Squall, of course, doing damage and Cecil doing damage as well. Yeah. I think that would be good. Um. god there's so many different fucking combinations that you could
1: have there there really is a lot and there's some titles in the Final Fantasy line that I haven't even touched yet so I'm just going off the games that I play the most really like, yeah.
0: alright and our final question for the week and then we're going to get to E7 Melody Allegretto asks console DRM versus PC DRM What is your opinion of the longevity of PC game licenses versus console licenses in terms of console owners having to repurchase titles after upgrading hardware, whereas PC players keep their titles for life, regardless of hardware upgrades. So basically when you buy a digital game, you are buying the rights to own that, right? Yeah. So DRM is like on steam when me and you are playing one of my steam games, I have to go offline in order for you to be able to play it. Yeah. Right. So, the way GOG works is on good old games, which is GOG, they do DRM-free, which means I can buy the game and then do whatever the fuck I want with it. Like, I own it. So, if I buy it and then want to send it to you, that's perfectly legal. You know what I mean?
1: As long, long as you're not making illegal. money off of it, like, that yeah, shouldn't yeah, be Yeah, exactly. Issue,
0: right? exactly. That'd be like uh, me so, letting
1: you borrow a movie to watch, right?
0: exactly or yeah. just handing you a physical copy of the game like here play this and give it back to me whatever yeah you know, s- same kind of concept now pc you just upgrade your hardware as it goes along but you still have access to all of this library of games i think what, what she's asking is how you know how do we compare that to a console say you know i've got red dead redemption one on pc uh, on ps3 yeah. right but it's locked behind that ps3
1: yeah <laughs>
0: I would have to... Well,
1: aren't rumors saying that the PS5 is going to be backwards compatible? Backwards right.
0: compatible with PS4. That's it.
1: Uh, I thought it went all the way back to the PS1.
0: No, right. I don't believe so. Although I think that they are working on ways to have uh, almost like how Nintendo does with their online system um, with the Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. I think Playstation's working on something along those lines. Because I okay. know on PS4, if you do uh, that PlayStation Now, or whatever it is, yeah. that you can... Um, stream and play PS3 games through that that are okay. on that subscription, or you can buy certain games on the PlayStation Store that are older that have been up-res Like I think I have Dark Cloud two and Jack yeah. and Daxter on the PS4. So,
1: well, until the consoles get like that backwards compatibility thing figured out, really, PC is always going to be, I guess, the better option.
0: Yeah, but personally, I fucking hate DRM. I think it's stupid. I think if you buy a game and you want to give it to your friend to let them play it, that you should be able to fucking do that. Um, it's one reason that I've thought about switching to using or getting games from GOG and then just launching them through Steam or within GOG yeah. Galaxy or whatever, just because it's you know DRM is such a pain in the ass.
1: I get that, but the, you know? these these companies they work so hard on these games; they want their money. Like, no, I get that. I get yeah. that too.
0: You know, yeah. I you know I understand, but. There are certain companies and games that's like, they seem so money hungry that I don't even want to buy their games. Like, I would rather fucking go see Mr. Bay and get it.
1: Yeah. You
0: know what I'm saying? Like, uh, EA. Holy microtransactions and everything.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Fucking
0: Batman. You know what I'm saying?
1: Well, even like the NHL game, if you wanted to play like the, the multiplayer, you have to buy what the equipment bags, what the loot boxes, microtransactions to upgrade your. Your care, your your skaters and your equipment and shit like that. Like,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, the ultimate team or whatever it is. No, sure?
1: yeah, it's like they even do that with all of their sports games on EA. Like, you can get the basic stripped down version of like Madden or NHL with none of like the added features. But if you want to get like the deluxe edition that gives you loot packs to upgrade your ultimate teams and shit you're paying like 120 bucks for the game at drop at release like
0: yeah and that's not counting having to re-up whatever special currency there is yeah all right man that wraps up listener questions i think that was a very good first time question segment yeah i think it went pretty well Yeah. Uh, and that leads us to part two of ease seven and this
1: game took a wild twist. I'm just gonna say that, like right now. Like, took a
0: wild twist and got fucking hard, son. Yeah, it did. Like the, this game was real easy up until this point.
1: I know we were talking about it in part one, but up until that midway point, I got bored with the game. And then once we hit that halfway point and that storyline changed, the this was an entirely different game. This Oh absolutely.
0: absolutely. This game
1: got like you said, this game got really fucking hard like they made you grind it out like even with the fast travel option like i was like i can't do this i have to like go back and actually like run the map to beef up my character some more like
0: yeah,
1: and then i've really hit the yeah. same thing hard to upgrade my weapons and my armor and accessories like they made you work for it for sure yeah,
0: man so, where we left off was after you had escaped from the arena where you had been sentenced to die in the Titanos fight, but you kill it. And it is you, Doji, and Gaius standing Geis, there. Gaius, yeah. Gaius. And he says that you guys need to go back and talk to the moon town.
1: Guy. He doesn't, he doesn't tell us who it is yet. He's just oh, like, we, we right, gotta right, go right. there. We gotta go there. Because right. up in the storyline up into this point, everyone says that fifth tribe just disappeared 200 years ago. Nobody knows where they went. Nobody, yeah. The Esken. nobody knows where they went. They just disappeared 200 years ago. And that's where they've been. And then that's where Geist takes you. And once you finally get there, you realize that the the city of Iska, or whatever, has been moved to a spot in between dimensions. Like, it doesn't exist on Earth, but it doesn't, like, exist in another dimension. It's, like, sits on a parallel plane.
0: Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's right, that's right. My, yeah. my brain's a little foggy because I beat I beat it a few days ago, but yeah, uh, I
1: had I had problems with it. That's my, <laughs> that's my bad. That's my no, bad. <laughs>
0: all good, man. All good. Um. So you you head to there, uh, the moon, the Iskin town, and talk to the leader guy who Geiss had been telling you you need to come see him, like you said. Yeah. And when you talk to the dude, he's very strange. He's a very strange character. It seems like a nice yeah. guy, but he's a very odd character. And he basically tells you that the moon dragon, there's no way to get to it. No one knows how to get to it. So you gotta kind of...
1: Yeah, nobody nobody knows where the, where the altar is. actually is. Because the first shrine you come across is like a temporary moon shrine. Yeah. like Because nobody over... knows where it actually is.
0: So, there's some more dialogue, and You were supposed to go and fight all of the, or talk to all the dragons, yeah, throughout the land, and basically ask them what the hell you're supposed to do against this wind of plague coming. The wind of, yeah,
1: yeah, the wind of destruction.
0: And you're like, oh well, we're wanted criminals, so I don't know how that's gonna work. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, hey, and all your friends show up, and they're like, nah, we're here with you, man. Yeah, where did you where did you go first? Because I went to Shinoa.
1: I went, to, I went to Seagram first, because I got, like, Seagram. turned around on the map looking for those markings that you use a magic item to open up, like, a hidden shortcut. But they weren't shortcuts. Like, they were long fucking... They were long treks in themselves.
0: Yeah, I think they only called them shortcuts because you used them to get around yeah, the, like, tra- Dragon Knight the, barricade.
1: Yeah, the Dragon Knight roadblocks. Like, um, I went to Seagram first, and when I first started into that cave, those First encounter monsters were fucking brutal. They were so hard. But I think the way I did it, the first part of this part two, is I went to Seagram, then Shanoa, then Kylo's.
0: Okay. Yeah, I went Shanoa, Seagram, Kylo's.
1: Yeah. And I think you did it in, like, the order that they put it in the game, because... I struggled with the Seagram dragon probably more than I should have if I would have went to Shinoa first. Because after I beat that dragon at Seagram and then went to Shinoa, that dragon was nothing. That dragon was so easy. Yeah, it
0: really was not that hard. You just dodge, attack its feet until the little uh, bulbs of energy or whatever it is break apart. Yeah. And then he turns around and you do it again. And then he just like flops his face on this big thing. Yeah. (laughs) This cliff that you run up there, you whack him and yeah. repeat process.
1: I think the way I did it made it a little easier for me too beating the Seagram Dragon first because until you encounter the Seagram Dragon and beat him to gain the dragon powers, fast travel at this point has been disabled because of the winds of yep. destruction. Once I beat that Seagram Dragon, my fast travel was activated again. So I was able to just jump across the map to Shinoa. I didn't have to find the shortcut. I didn't have to go around the roadblocks. I just boom teleported there. Just jumped nice. there really quick. Like so, the yeah, whole I, running the whole map was not a thing for me doing Seagram first.
0: Yeah, I uh, I got lost on my way to Seagram. I could not remember where that fucking wall yeah. was at with the symbol on it. Yeah, um, but but once I found that man, I ran there. The, the The Earth Dragon was easy. The Fire Dragon was easy. The Wind Dragon looked stupid as fuck.
1: Yeah, the the, the like the giant frog with wings, like it it was a, it was a dumb looking dragon for sure. Like they but, could have thought of something more. That yeah. fight was
0: kind of just tedious more than it was hard. Yeah, a lot of they,
1: they, like the the shrines, doing the shrines in part one in the tight the Titanos for part one of the game, they they were pretty easy. The first three dragons were. Like, they, they weren't difficult. They weren't too bad. Um,
0: so, in, in between going to these different dragons, you, you're getting these cutscenes dispersed throughout where, uh, basically, oh god, what was it? Um, Rod, that Rod guy finds yeah. M- Maya?
1: Maya, yeah.
0: yeah just, just roaming around, and she like falls down, passes out, so he takes her back to the infirmary. He doesn't seem very happy about it. And then there's this cutaway to someone in a white like robe with a hood on
1: yeah there.
0: yeah and there's, and there's a black ho- hooded person uh a black robe s- sitting there kneeled down and they're I talking think, about bringing apart bringing yeah the wind this
1: was like the first look at who was behind the whole assassination framing yeah and they didn't show the their whole, faces yet. no they didn't this was just a tease this was just a tease and i was like cool Pretty soon we're gonna find out who these fuckers are, so I know who to kill. Like, so they make you at, wait for a while. After you
0: beat the three dragons, you uh, have to go back to Altego City, and when you get back there, there is dead people everywhere.
1: Well, the and. city has been hit by like the the miasma of the wind, wind right, of destruction, right. and the city itself is in ruins. It is like crumbling apart. There's uh, monsters and titanos in the city itself, and people are dying like crazy. People are sick. People are dying. It it's pure chaos. Yeah, and then, it's like a dark I, yeah, you, you. I know where you're going with this. It goes to another cutscene at the the palace, right? Mm-hmm. Where
0: Sigrun Cig- runs ahead of you yeah. to check on the princess. Yeah. And, yeah, continue.
1: Once you once you come up on the palace, it goes to another cutscene where there's just bodies everywhere. One of, like, Geist's fairies comes up and it's like, it's a bloodbath. There, there, there are dead people everywhere. You, you get up there and you run into the castle and you find out you who is behind it.
0: Sigrun is laying on the ground and you run in, I ran in fully expecting it to be Rod
1: Yeah, and and
0: I run in and his dad's laying on the ground dead
1: yeah Um, and Rod is distraught and I was like well fuck me, it wasn't them because that's who I thought it was when we speculated in part one, that was my guess that it was going to be the Prime Minister and Rod trying to take over the Dragon Knights and trying to take over the kingdom
0: so Sigrun calls out to you and she's laying on the ground injured and she says that it's Commander Sias. Yeah, and I was. Bullshit. I took a picture of myself when I saw that because Ryan's like, I need a genuine expression, and for the video, I'll do it. I was just like,
1: it Was I way wrong? wrong. Because I remember Holy in part shit. one, I was like, you, you said in part one, you said something. It's like, Oh, I don't, I don't like that, Commander Sias, dude. Something just feels off about him, and I was like, Nah, him and Tia, they go way back, and they're good yeah. people.
0: <laughs> yeah, you talked to me out of it. So then I
1: just completely fucking took that out of my mind. Yeah, Commander Sia's, And then as you are encountering him, you, you launch into a fight with him that is absolutely meaningless. Like, I, I learned this, and I kind of sent you a little spoiler and a little tip. It's like, don't waste your fucking healing codes on a fight that you cannot win. No matter how many... I, I, I went through my whole inventory and barely mm. touched the guy. Barely touched the guy. I unloaded so much... So many healing potions and shit. Yeah, that it was, was a, a force-fail so yeah. battle, yeah. for sure.
0: I, after that, he basically just makes fun of you guys for being weak and he's to yeah. kill you.
1: And-, and then it goes to a cutscene where the white-robed figure comes in and starts going on this spiel about the winds of destruction and the destruction of Altago and how it needs to be restarted because of the loss of balance and everything. And the party is just like fuck you. Who are you? Reveal yourself. Yeah, the, the princess.
0: And, uh, God, what was her name? Aisha. Aisha. God, yeah, Aisha thing. is
1: on, like right? fuck you. I'm the princess. Like, I remove your you robe, your and I demand to see your face. I order you to show us your face. This this part fucking killed me. This part yeah. killed me. Like I was not expecting this at all. Like I probably should have seen it coming with Commander Sias being the one who slaughtered everyone. In the palace. yeah. But it was fucking Tia. Like,
0: <coughs> yeah, come <dude. laughs>
1: on. The two people that I was like, no, they're good people turned out to be the ones <laughs> completely behind the annihilation of the world. Like, fuck off. <laughs> like,
0: dude, yeah, it was absolutely wild. When she drops that robe and she's in that whole get up. I'm like, yeah, that armor. Oh, no shit.
1: That armor was sick, though like her design in that form was amazing
0: absolutely yeah so they disappear because they need you to stay alive because if you fail in the final battle that would be the greatest despair of all
1: i think one of the biggest things i picked up from this cutscene, though that goes along with the storyline is when you first get to iskin and you're talking to the guy who is playing elder of Iska, you find out that he actually isn't, like, the true elder of Iska. Nobody knows what happened with the true elder lineage of Iska. You find out that Tia herself is, like, the true heir to the elder of Iska. Like...
0: Yeah, which was another just fucking mic drop moment. I'm like, oh shit.
1: Yep. And that plays into the storyline more because when you go to the individual cities and the shrines to go to the dragons, you can only enter the dragon sanctum with the true elder lineage of that tribe, if if that's what you want to call them. Yeah. Like nobody from the just anybody couldn't open up those things. They had to be from like the bloodline of the original elders. Yeah. So knowing that Tia is the true lineage of the elders of Iska, I was like, well, how the fuck are we going to get into the sanctum? Like at this point. Like
0: yeah. So at that point they're like, well, we don't know. So go see the sea dragon first. Yeah. So
1: then and you that's have to go w- back Yeah, that's when Asia leaves back. the elder of Shinoa, the elder of uh, Seagram, and the el- the the guy acting as Elder of Iska in command of the city, while yeah. she travels with us to Ruins Island, because she is the true heir of the Elders of... The Sea
0: Dragon. Yeah. yeah. So, that fight, now, the Sea Dragon fight, I told you, it wasn't hard, and I think you agree, it was just long.
1: It was long, because... It was very tedious. It was so many different hit points on that dragon. Like, I'm not talking like overall health hit points. I'm just talking about specific areas you had to target. Like, there must have been at least 10 or maybe a dozen different target points on that dragon. And he moved around constantly. And if you missed your window of opportunity, you only maybe got like two seconds of an opportunity on each point because he moved around so often and the more damage you did the faster he would start moving.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like Indeed. there
1: there was one point where I had to run into the cave to strike him as he's hiding in there to hit him. And while I was in there he was like flailing his body and doing some decent damage, but there was no way I was going to beat him relatively quick just by waiting for him to swim by me. Like
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was a pain in the ass, man, but... Uh, yeah. Once you leave there, I believe is when...
1: You go you back to trying, Iska.
0: You go, well, yeah, you go back to Iska and the the stone glows?
1: Yeah, the stone oh. in the center of the town starts glowing, but nobody knows how to fucking open it up. Nobody yeah. knows how to open it up.
0: So at this so, point in my head, I was like, when they were like, well, we need to go somewhere that Tia might have left something. I'm like, oh, we're a fucking house.
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly where I went. And boom, that that was <laughs> yeah, it. Like
0: Found the hairpin. Yeah.
1: Take I think, it back
0: to Iska. I
1: take that back. It wasn't the first place I checked, but it was the first thought in my mind. So from Iska, I immediately teleported back to Altago. And the first place I checked was the town circle where her flower cart was at the beginning of the game. Yeah the flower cart's not there. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Okay. I'm going to go check her house and shit's right there. Like it's, it's not even hard. Like,
0: yeah. So I, I grabbed that fast travel back to Iska and it lets you into the moon dragon sanctum, which to yeah. me was, was the coolest looking dragon.
1: It's the first. Form. Yeah. The first form was definitely the coolest, the coolest dragon. Um, the
0: second form looked like a Digimon
1: to me. It did. It, it was totally a Digimon evolution. Like for real. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> The only thing different about this sanctum compared to the other four is that you teleported in, you were immediately at the dragon encounter. You didn't have to fight your way through levels, you didn't have to solve a puzzle to go further into the dragon's lair. You teleport in, boom, dragon, encounter start, like, let's get this done. Like, And,
0: and this was the first two-phase boss, I believe.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, I think you're right.
0: Um, well, no, well, did, the, did the sea dragon have two phases?
1: Mm, yes, no, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The okay, sea so dragon yeah. did. Once you knocked off all the uh, attack points on the body, then he, you had to attack his head.
0: As yeah, so he reared up, and you had to like attack that thing on his head. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, the moon dragon's two phases, again, to me, weren't hard. Just had a lot of HP, so you just had to sit there and whack at them for a long time. After after you take care of the dragons and all that, that's when the game started getting ridiculously hard. And that was when, yeah. when you had to go and take into the... Uh, this giant hole in the ground opens up, and they called it the Well of Souls.
1: Yeah, the Well of Souls. It's like a vortex of energy being sucked down to like a hidden altar. Like a hidden shrine.
0: So you you have to make your way down and uh, fight your way through all these enemies. And hopefully you're leveling up and things as you're going down. Because eventually you reach Sias, Yeah. And you have to fight him. And to me, that was was a pretty hard fight because he hit pretty fucking hard.
1: He hit pretty fucking hard, but I think I had the right party set up for that. I had, of course, Aldo, because you can't switch him out. Yeah. But I had Elk and I had Asha, and all three of them are pretty fucking quick. And yeah. what I did, like, what I noticed is that damage is really only done to your character unless it's, like, an area of effect spell. Yeah. Like, so, just, I sat on Asha, the true ranged character, and just sat back and just jumped Bow and arrow, just jump arrow, 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 yeah. arrow jump arrow, arrow, arrow. My, like, my party
0: was my party was pretty much the same. I had Adol, Elk, but I had the uh, Eldress of Kylos, the blind yeah. girl, because yeah. she was really powerful. I had found a really, really powerful rod for her. Yeah. So I was using that. But yeah, I did that exact same thing, kind of just stand back and pop shots at him while the other guys went in. and
1: did Yeah, effort. like he was difficult. It was a long fight, but it wasn't a fight that I experienced any KOs or anything. I was able to take him on my first go.
0: Yeah, yeah, same here. Um, now, you go on a little further, and you see Tia, and yeah. she's like, well, if you're here, that means Cyrus yeah. is dead.
1: Yeah. <laughs> More to, like, that storyline, though, is, like, why Sias is confronting you first and everything like that, is to, for them to actually complete the ritual of the Wind of Destruction, the chosen dragon warrior, which is Adol, uh-huh. after he acquires all of the dragon stones and everything, has to die in the Well of Souls for, like, the whole ritual of the Wind of Destruction to complete itself, for it to suck in the entire world of Altago and reform itself within the Well of Souls. So just their ultimate end shit. goal is to kill just you. They don't really care about the party. Like, it's just we have to kill Adol.
0: Yeah, but in turn But doing like that, you, you were saying,
1: yeah, you, 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 you beat Saez, you go in, and then you see Tia in all of her magnificent armor glory doing some crazy shit, and then she's like, well, I see you made it. Messias must be dead. That sucks. I told him I wanted to do this by myself, but he insisted. Like, whatever.
0: Yeah. So then she basically you, know, you have to fight her. And yeah. she was super easy. I was like, there's no ways to the end. Yeah, no I, same. I blitzed through her and this she just like falls to the ground and looks at you after some, you know, dialogue. I don't remember exactly what was said, but she's just like, Well now your real fight begins. And the Freaking
1: it's It's like the darkness. root of existence. Yeah, that's what it was yeah. called. The root of yeah.
0: existence comes down. You have to fight that. Now, this fight took me about two hours of trying before I beat it. This and, fight
1: took uh, me like two days. Yeah, but...
0: yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you had a quite more difficult time with this than I did.
1: One of the things that I really enjoyed about this game was the fact that your inventory was limited. You were only allowed to carry a max number of Items. Heal, yeah, healing uh, potions. Yeah. Like, that. like, the healing potions were capped off at five each. And, like, party healing potions were kept at a max of, like, three each. Yeah. And, like, stat boosters were kept at, like, three each. I really enjoyed that aspect of this game, because they made you use them smartly. I hated that for this battle. I fucking <laughs> hated it. I absolutely hated it. Like... Out of all the games I've ever played, this final boss has to be one of the hardest I've ever encountered. Like it was fucking tough, dude. I almost, like, after two days of trying, I finally was able to do it today. Barely. I barely survived doing it today. But... I almost rage quit. I almost told you like yesterday, let's just fucking record. You could talk about the ending. Like, <laughs> like I, I th- this final boss almost pissed me off to the point where I was just going to be like, this is a great game, but fuck this game. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah, so it splits it into three tiers and you have to beat them all at the same, well not the same time, but in one go. So, yeah. you know, you have your first member party of three down on the bottom and you have to fight yeah. it.
1: Yeah, which I think and they they split the parties into one of each attack category. Mm-hmm. So Tier 1 was your bludgeoning, which was Doji, was your slashing, which was Elk, and it was your ranged, which was the Kylos Elder. Yeah. I forget her name. Yeah, I but, can't remember her name. <laughs> yeah, but those, like, I hated how you couldn't pick the party members for the fight. Like how they just preset it, because I didn't like playing as doji, and I used elk a lot and I used the like the 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 priestess a lot, but they weren't people that I used relatively often. So yeah. I like even though I had the best possible equipment without it being the ultimate weapon at that time, because I didn't use them a lot and I didn't work on their special abilities a lot, they weren't very strong. They, 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 they did, like, minimal damage for their weapons. Like, it sucked. It sucked so much. And one of the yeah. things that I brought up to you when I was getting so frustrated with it is, like, they must have the attack set of these bosses set on, like, a random algorithm. Because, like, it's all about timing. And just when I think I have the timing figured out It throws something that I was not expecting at me, and it just fucked my world up. Like, no encounter out of the dozens of times I tried this fight were they ever the same. Not once.
0: But when it comes down to the end, it's just Adol. Yeah. And you have to beat the last part of the boss as just him. And Yeah man, that was the part I struggled with because, like you, you know, I had burned through my potions and stuff by that point. So having yeah. to do it over again and over again and over again, finally I got to a point where I made it. And finally, you beat it. And the thing falls fucking dead. Tia's like standing there and she says you know, that this whole place is going to collapse because it's it's no longer needed. You know what I mean? Yeah. It needs to go away. So she's like, leave me here. And they're like, No come with us. Yeah. Because, because she did all of this because Maya got sick.
1: Yeah. That's the only reason. Selfish bitch. Like I'm going to end the world because my, my child, my adopted child, my adopted little sister is sick and is going to die. Granted that she is stricken with a fever that comes from your people. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) yeah, right. So, you know, you, you leave the well of souls, and it starts to disappear. And I believe that's when the five dragons show themselves.
1: Yeah. And this is a, yeah, party. this is all just a cutscene too. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like a twenty minute, twenty five minute cutscene to end the game.
0: And um, Tia starts explaining that she's part of the yeah the, the whole dragon cycle.
1: Yeah, the dragons the dragon- come back. They take the dragon stones, and then they're like. You fix the balance. Like, we're like the root of existence doesn't exist anymore because you ended it. The wind of destruction is gone. There's no need for us. So, deuces. Basically, yeah, like, basically
0: the, the gods are like, it's now in the hands of y'all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Tia is standing there and she starts explaining that she can't come back home because she's part of this cycle. And it starts like these things start coming off of her. Like, yeah. And then it cuts to a scene of Maya who just like, everyone's better. Everyone that's sick in the towns, it goes away. And yeah. We'll get up, you know, crew, starts talking about how she feels better. Yeah. And Maya, Maya just sits up and gets up and runs and yeah. Ra- Rob chases after. Her. So she ends up, coming running up on you guys standing yeah. out there and she runs up to Tia
1: Little background Maya has been mute this entire game like she doesn't say anything she just yeah. grunts like
0: yeah or she was ah
1: yeah ah, she like she, like, she she runs up to Tia and finally says her first fucking words. And I knew that bitch could talk. I knew it. I even told you, like, at the beginning of the game when we first started this. it's like, no, she, she's not deaf. I remember, like, a part of the dialogue where it says, oh, she probably just doesn't talk because of a traumatic experience. Like.
0: Well, yeah, so she goes running up and grabs Tia and is just not saying anything. And finally she says, Tia. Yeah. And then she says, don't leave me. Yeah. And it was really fucking sad. I started tearing up a little bit and uh you know Tia tells her that she'll be fine.
1: That's how and, I know uh, you were more invested in the storyline because when she when she said Tia, don't leave me, I was like, fucking bitch. Like, you could have talked this whole time, <laughs> but you just chose not to. No. <laughs> Fuck you. Like
0: Oh uh, no man, yeah, I was totally invested in it. Yeah. But that's basically the end, you know, um everyone. They, rebuild Alt- yeah, the,
1: all of the tribes are working together to rebuild Altago, like oh. city by city. Uh, I think it even says that Adol and Doji stick around to help out before they bounce out. Like Yeah,
0: but the, the cult of adventuring is always nagging at yeah. the tail of that Adol. Yeah. And that wrapped it up, man. That was East 7. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the ending kind of everyone happily ever after. And yeah. he moves on to go find other adventures elsewhere.
1: Yeah. What do
0: you? Um, let's see. What would you give it? One out of ten swords.
1: I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. There was there wasn't really anything like game specific to this. It was, it was like the currency was gold, and it was potions and dragons. Like there was nothing really like. I guess I guess we can rate it tit- Titanos. Like okay.
0: one out of one out of ten Titanos.
1: Um. I'm probably going to give this game a solid seven. Like, it was good. Really? Yeah, it was good. Like, it's got a story... Like, you know me. Storylines rarely catch my attention. But this one caught me. This one caught me. Um, The gameplay was great. I liked the hack and slash system of fighting. Um, But just, like, how easy part one was. And then that fucking boss at the end of the game just uh, that's probably driving down my score like how fucking hard that bastard was
0: yeah i gave this uh an 8.25
1: yeah that's that's solid that's a good score
0: i thought it was a really good story i just thought it was lacking in some places but that's not the game's fault it was a psp game originally yeah so it's like i try to take that into account when i'm thinking about like I don't I'm not judging this game for graphics for one, because it was a PSP game. You know what I mean? Say so it wasn't trying to be a beautiful fucking game. Yeah. For PC standards at least. Yeah. But yeah, man. Fucking E seven. I'm looking forward to getting more E's games to come up in the list, you know? I, think yeah, I
1: they'll be in there somewhere.
0: Alright, well I guess that we need that means we need to uh hit up our mechanical friend, a hey, Steamy. Hey buddy, it's that time of the week.
1: Yeah, how was that vacation?
0: Yeah, you must have enjoyed it, man. Did you do do some browsing? I saw you on Twitter talking to people. It's always nice of you to get on there and do that. But, uh, you know, we need a number, man. So can you uh, pop us one out? Alright, it's looking like he gave us 513. Which, according to my list that I, I have pulled up right here, is Sid Meier's Pirates. Nice. I know that that is a classic. I have never played it, but I've I love never pirates. played
1: it. I've never played it, but I love the Civilization franchise.
0: Oh yeah, dude! This, the Civ franchise is fantastic. And, yeah, uh, this is a little different, but I think it's.
1: But it's uh, pirates. You
0: know, I, but it's, yeah, exactly. It's pirates. It just gives me an excuse to just crank Ailstorm and play this yeah
1: yeah no that's <laughs> probably what i will do too very similar like just mute the game audio or the game music and just play Ailstorm the entire time i'm playing
0: <laughs> well awesome man i am looking forward to playing that and we hope that you all were looking forward to joining us talking about that on the next episode and i guess that just leaves uh social media so that would be facebook.com slash the steam machine podcast or you can find us on twitter at steam underscore podcast and as always we'd like to request that you go on itunes and leave us a five star review because that helps us climb up the ranks of uh, gaming podcasts which there are sure a ton of so anything else to say about e7 my brother
1: no i'm ready to pillage plunder and find some booty
0: yes it's all about the booty all right well then that has been episode eight of the steam machine podcast. My name is Dalton. He's Ryan. Until next time, guys, take it easy.